You're listening to a podcast of Master Your Finances with me, Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional. Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on 1077thebronc.com. Another day, another dollar, and our certified financial planner professional, Kurt Baker, will give you the tips you need to turn that single into a sea of green with Master Your Finances. Whether you have enough to get by or too much in your pockets, Kurt Baker and his weekly guests are here to show you how to manage it all. Master Your Finances is underwritten by Certified Wealth Management and Investment, LLC. Now listen up, because it's time to get a hold of those money matters and master your finances. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Master Your Finances. Presented by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. I am Kurt Baker, a Certified Financial Planner Professional located in Princeton, New Jersey. I can be reached to our website, which is www.cwmi.us. Or we can call me directly at 609-716-4700. And this week, we are very excited to have with us the amazing Mike Mamula, who is a trial attorney, entrepreneur, business and personal consultant, speaker, influencer, actor, uh, jiu-jitsu competitor, uh, meditator, and fledgling yoga focused on physical, mental, and financial health. He has uh, built a vast network of high net worth partners, clients, and companies. He has been married to his college sweetheart for 17 years and does not have children. He enjoys traveling nationally, internationally, learning and sharing methods for living a more fulfilling way of life, and sits on the board of a national charity focused on cancer awareness and treatment. And you are amazing, Mike. You, I, I don't. That's a lot right there. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Good, <laughs> that's morning. A mo- Good morning. Mamulaful. Good morning, yes. <laughs> Mamulaful. <laughs> so, Mike, I, wow, I really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, you got an amazing background. And I know we talked offline once, like how you, uh, so I want to, if you don't mind, we're going to roll back a little bit to the childhood, how you kind of like evolved into who the person you are today. You want to tell us a little bit about like how you evolved from uh, high school and you, you, what you, what you started to think about what you wanted to do for a living and, and how that kind of, kind of turned into what we are today. So you want to give us kind of a little bit of that background? Sure. Um, you know, I grew up with a single mother and a sister in Trenton, New Jersey, um, wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, found my way through high school, was not a stellar student at all. I was interested in things outside of school more than I was in school. Made my way into community college. I started at Mercer County Community College, and I started with a course in acting. So, and Why did you select acting? Well, honestly, because I thought it was going to be easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I had made my mother a promise that if I was allowed to go to Votech when I was in high school, then I would take at least one course in college once I graduated. And she allowed me to do that. So I lived up to my end of the promise and decided to take um, some courses in at Mercer. And uh, I said, well, acting looks looks fun and it looks really easy. So I'll do that. And actually, it was not easy. But I became obsessed with it. I was really passionate about it. I ended up studying that. I got my degree in theater. I studied um, some other things while I was there, but I moved on to uh, Jersey City and then Rutgers, and I continued acting. I've done some television and film, and I ultimately found my way into a... Uh, I was studying investigative journalism and criminal justice, worked for a guy named Geraldo Rivera very briefly, which oh. I'm not sure did, if any did, of you listen. Did you open the vault over, with him? I, I did not. I was there before that. <laughs> I think I used to serve him his hazelnut coffee, if I really? have to be honest. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I, no, so I did that. And uh, ultimately, 
um, found my way into law school. So I went to law school at St. John's in Queens, graduated, and uh, I've been, uh, I, I worked briefly in New York City in uh, doing some things with various law firms and, and ultimately came back to New Jersey, opened a firm here in Mercer County, and that's where I've been since as an attorney. Mm-hmm. That opportunity provided me with um, just uh, a tremendous network of people that I've begun to meet uh, over the years. And uh, I just, you know, I, I don't know exactly how I got to where I am today. I, I really believe that somehow the universe finds it for you. I didn't really have a strong passion to do exactly what I'm doing uh, up until now. Like, and now I love it. Like, I right. love my life, right? But when I was in college, I mean, I was trying to find myself like so many people. And, and even into law school, I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do. And so, so you know, all I did was I, I stayed opportunistic. I involved myself in as many things that I could so that I, you know, I saw, what, uh, to put it in the words of Marie Kondo, I don't know anybody read the life-altering magic of tidying up, but that tried to find things yeah. that spark joy in my life. Right. And so that's what I've done. So I've found some incredible opportunities in people, whether they've been celebrities that I've met, athletes that I've met, entrepreneurs, extremely successful people, incredible lawyers, and just align myself with those people. If they're doing things that I find productive, if I find profitable, if I find beneficial, not only for myself, but for people in general and, and for the planet, for just humanity. So I try to align myself with those kinds of peoples and op- those kinds of people and opportunities and uh, having a great time doing it. Yeah, you seem, uh, I mean, you seem to be an expert and, and a natural at finding um, those people who kind of make yourself better is what it sounds like to me. Like you, you seem to have a way of connecting with people on a really massive scale. It's Thank kind you. of what I've noticed about you. And, and you made a conscious decision, sounds like, to really, because I, I mean, I hear this term like where you become the mean of your friends, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So if you kind of upgrade your friends into the, what you really would love to be like and what you'd like to be doing, uh-huh. they're going to help guide you along the way, right? Aren't yeah. they going to kind of influence you? Um, because you can't, um, you can't live the lives of all those around you, right? So right. you, you got to take in their experiences and learn from those that you really want to be like, so to speak. Absolutely. As you know, one of the things that I've done lately, and when I say lately, I mean over the last few years, is I've uh, I've I study with a mentor. You know, I reached a certain level of of comfort and of success professionally and personally that I think a lot of people might have been satisfied with. I wasn't. I use that as an opportunity to say, okay, where do I go from here? And and the way that you do that is you find the people who are doing what you want to do and you align yourself with those people however you can. If that means going to their company and starting as an intern or taking a job that doesn't necessarily pay as much as you want, that's what you do because that if that's what you want in your life and that's who you want to become, that's how you're going to learn. Well, I think that's great. You brought up mentor, which I think is interesting. So um, I know people who have mentors tend to really love it, but other people are like, why do I need a mentor? I do, I'm really good at what I do. I run my own business or I do whatever I do. Why do I need somebody to tell me what to do? Or what's the value? What is your, what do you see as the value of a mentor? Yeah. So tremendous, right? It, yeah. the, it, in, in one sentence, you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. period. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan in, in a very professional way of the fight world. We, you know, I, I do jujitsu and we actually train here locally with a, uh, an outfit, uh, Ricardo Almeida is a world champion or uh, just an incredible UFC legend. 
And we have some of the greatest fighters in the academy there. And if you ask any of them, just like with any athlete, you know, their their most valuable asset is of the team is the coach, right? Or right. the mentor if in the business world. And so you need somebody who's not there in it the way you are, who's looking at it from the outside, who when you step back to the corner, they can tell you what you did wrong and what you need to do to go back out there in the next round and do it differently. Otherwise, you're going to continue to do the same thing. You're likely to do the same thing over and over again. And you're not going to reach the next level. You need to, you know, when we coach people or mentor people, it's to teach them how to think differently, how to look at things differently, how to act and live differently. Because if you don't have that outside perspective, you're likely to do it the same way that you've been doing it. And that's not to say that you can't be successful. I know a, trim, I know a lot of people who are really successful um, on a certain level. But for me, I wanted it on a different level. I want it in terms of uh, value, scale, uh, geographically. And so I needed to find the people that would help me do that. And it's been, it's been great. It's been really beneficial for my law firm. I, I mean, I just have uh, people contacting us all, all the time for a variety of legal issues that they have. And then people contacting me personally for a, a lot of different types of issues that they have going on in their lives personally or professionally and that I, I think I help them with. Well, I, I think that's amazing. Um, yeah, so how would you, what would you recommend to somebody who hasn't actually had a coach yet that maybe they want to think about doing a coach? Or how, how would somebody get started like learning like what coaches might fit for them? And you know, somebody's like, well, I don't know, you hear things like it might be too expensive. Do I have the time? What are they going to make me do? Um, so how does that kind of that initial process start? And if somebody's not doing it now, well, any, any ideas of how maybe they should get started into something like that, getting somebody along those lines? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you just start by looking. And with the Internet today, it's so easy. You could, you know, if you want to be in, in, in sports, you start looking at the people that are in the movers and the shakers in the sports industry. If you want to be in the music industry, if you, if you want to be in law enforcement, you have to find the people that are making a difference. I, um, you know, I went out and I started looking at, you know, all of the social media sites and then people's web pages. And then I started going to events. And that's where I think you can really, there are so many different conferences now and expos and summits and exhibits where you can go and you could sit, you can listen to a dozen, two dozen people talk and, and, you know, hear what they're doing in their lives. And if that's something that aligns with you, reach out to them and start connecting with them. That's great. So, yeah, so you're constantly learning. You're like a lifetime learner is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I think we all are. Yeah, well, you know, you we should be. be, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, every time I see you, um, you're always somewhere other than where I expect you to be. I mean, you're very mobile, I guess. So um, you want to touch on, like, how you manage? Because you do a lot. I do a lot. Uh, and so how do you kind of, like, because we just read off a whole the, list of things that you do. So, I mean, how do you kind of organize your life in a way that kind of balances that a little bit? It's an art form. <laughs> it's so, it's so art you know, form. it's an art form. And, and you know, we, we, I, I do. I put in a lot of time. I, I put in a lot of time at my law firm. I put a lot of time in with the other things that I have going on in my life, with my, my personal life. But the way that you do it is you, 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 you become, as my mentor says, you become a student of your calendar. And you have to mm. schedule your appointments, appointments accordingly. And you have to be productive. And I think once people, if you start to take an inventory of your your day and you do that for a week and then you do that for a month and you go back and you look at what you are literally doing each day, you start to realize that you have a tremendous amount of wasted time. Right. Um, and once you identify that wasted time, you can start to really make it more uh, efficient, make your day more efficient by managing it better. I, I don't have my wife. I've been married, as you, as you noted, I've been, I've been married for 
a uh, couple of uh, years now. A couple of years, yeah. And uh, but we don't have children, so right. so that you know I do have more time, you, you know, than than people with children. Obviously, that takes up a lot of time, and I use that time to 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 better you know myself or, or the people that I'm working with and helping. So I do have that added benefit, but it really comes down to managing your calendar efficiently. Wow, Mike, we appreciate that. Um, you're listening to Master Your Finances, and we'll be right back. It's not about the money, money, money. It's all about how you manage your money. Now let's get back to learning how from Kurt Baker of Certified Wealth Management and Investment with Master Your Finances. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker here with Mike Mamula. And we were talking a little bit about how Mike manages to do pretty much everything that I can think of. And he engages in all kinds of interesting things in his life, business, uh, personal, you know, uh, and you, managing your schedule. So you were talking a little bit about how to manage your schedule, what your mentor was telling you. Um, can you kind of go through? Because I think that's a lot of things that even regardless of business or personal, many people mismanage their calendars and they, and they don't realize just how important it is to get all those right pieces in there. And then your life is going to be much more satisfying, right? Absolutely. You, we, don't, we don't learn how to do that. We don't. Right. I never... I never had a course in that, right? And I went right. to school a lot on how exactly to manage my schedule and make myself more productive, more efficient, and more effective until I started studying it with others. So the way that you do it is by making yourself aware of it. Keep a schedule. Make sure that you you figure out exactly what amount of time you want to allocate to what specific uh, events or performances and make sure that you do that. So, for example, you know, I... I I work out. I go right. to, you know, I do jujitsu or different things like that. And I hear so many guys say, Oh, I can't do it. You know, it's, it, I can't no time find, to work out. I can't find yeah, the time. Right, I can't right. find the time. And I say to them, you're never going to find the time. You have to make the time. Right. And it's like that with everything. So, you know, you can limit your, your calls. You can say, you know, you take calls at this time or for this, this, you know, this long, I take 10 minute calls or 15 minute calls or five minute calls. And I do this on this day and this on that day. But you make sure that you get your schedule. You, you become aware of it. You need to really be conscious of what your schedule is and what you're doing when and how. So what I mean, what's your response? To, well, I, I have to be always available all the time to all my clients 24 seven. Um, I happen to disagree with that philosophy. But like, well, so, they're going to so they're, they're fire me if I'm not there at 8.30 at night when you might want to be doing something else, right? So, right. Um, I, I mean, I've just found personally, and I, you can explain this better, but if you kind of set up the expectations about how the relationship is going to go, and if it's a true emergency, there's a method to, to break through that if it really is an emergency or somebody in your firm that can take care of it. Um, what, so what is your philosophy and how do you kind of handle that, that thought where we're supposed to be available all the time with all the connections that we supposedly have here? No, you, you can't do that. Yeah, and I believe you have to set boundaries. Right. It's, I think that's really important. And we do that. That you know, I make it very clear to my to my clients. For example, at the law firm, uh, I do the personal injury. So if somebody gets hurt, I represent them. We have other people in my office that do other things. There are instances when there are true emergencies in mm -hmm. my area, but they're really not that common. On the other hand, we have a criminal department where people do get arrested, and, and there are things that happen. That and we have a matrimonial and a domestic violence. Uh, department where there are real emergencies that happen in real time and yes so you, the, the, there's a different set of boundaries there but I think if you're clear with your your clients no matter whether you're an attorney an accountant or whatever you do and you you make it clear to them they, they respect them and if they if they don't then you sometimes have to gently remind them but it is important because I tell people you know I can't be there for you until I'm there for me and I, and I really sure. mean that in so many ways and I use this analogy. I was just working with a guy. I was talking to a guy the other day. 
that when he, he, he burned himself out, literally just trying to help his clients so much that he, he physically, emotionally burnt himself out. And I, I said, I use the analogy of when you get on an airplane, right? When you're going to go travel, one of the first things they say that if something happens and the air masks come down, the oxygen masks come down, the first thing you do is you put the oxygen mask on yourself, then you put it on everyone else because you can't put it on everyone else until you take care of yourself. And so the same applies in the business world. Oh, I, I agree with that. So um, given your busy schedule, and I know uh, in the break we talked briefly about like how important, thing, even things like sleep and just taking mm-hmm. care of yourself. So um, like, can you give a kind of an example of how you set up your schedule, how you kind of manage to do all this? Because um, you have to kind of fit the workout in there and the sleep in there and the actual work. And then you also go to a lot of workshops and things like that. So, yeah. Um, and you have your coaching, of course. Yeah. So it's, you know, I, I have a sleep schedule. So my phone literally turns off at 11 p.m. And it, and it doesn't go back on until 6 a.m. And I typically will go to bed uh, for that period of time. I, I usually will sleep for five hours now is where I'm at. And I'm trying to increase that actually, because I was doing less. And I, I spoke to a sleep expert, one of the nation's leading sleep experts, and we really got into it. And I recognize how important sleep is for, for development. And more importantly, for younger people, it, right. you know, because, you know, in the, when they're teenagers, and then into to their 20s and 30s, you're doing so much, you really do it can need be sleep. up to 10 to 12 hours for some ages. And, and a lot of parents don't realize just how important that is. Absolutely. You need it. And, and yes. you know better than, than, than anyone ha- right. the effect that this can have on people emotionally and, and not right. only physically. So, yes. So I allocate an exact uh, amount of time that I'm going to sleep. And if I don't sleep, see, people, you know, you don't realize they say, oh, I'm laying in bed and I can't fall asleep and I can't fall asleep. Sometimes that's true, but sometimes that's what your body and your mind just need. You don't necessarily need to be in a certain level of REM sleep. But you can, you know, I meditate a lot. So very often coming into or going out of sleep, um, that that's a meditative like state. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, oh, God, I got to get up. Let me look at social media. What's on Instagram? What's Jay-Z doing right now? Really what you should be doing, you don't realize it, but your 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 brain, your mind, your body are decompressing and, and they're, you know, defragmenting the way that you do with computers the way that it needs to. And people need to learn how to just sit back and let that happen and relax. So, yeah, I'll sleep, you know, the, the amount of time that I need to at night. And uh, then I wake up and I, and I hit the ground, you know, pretty much running. I have a routine in the morning. That's something, uh, you know, that I really, really believe is important. All of the people that I know that are... Uh, really successful, have a routine that's extremely important to them in the morning. Then I get going throughout the day. But like I said, I I do meditate. I will take time throughout the day, twice, usually, um, once for sure, where I will, even when things get busy and if things get really crazy, sometimes just close my door. I have a sign that says, do not disturb, meditating. And my staff know that, you know, unless the building's on fire, don't don't bother me um, because I need to decompress. And and it's so important to, you know, to come back to center, to realize where you are mentally, because we every day, you know, it's like we start out most days start out on the rails and that we something happens. We get derailed. Somebody cuts us off on the way to school or cuts us off on the way to work. Or you realize that you didn't make a payment and your car insurance is going to lapse. And then all of a sudden, two more things like that happen, happen. And before you know it, you're, you're completely derailed and you're, and you're heading in a different direction. It's really important to come back and just take a self inventory and breathe for a few minutes and say, you know, what was I supposed to do before all of that happened today and get back on track. That's how you become more effective and efficient and productive. 
And, and that's what I do. Because I get this question from a lot of people. How do you do everything that you do? And that's how I do it. I'm aware of it. I'm conscious of it. And I work on it, you know, regularly. And when I say regularly, that's many times throughout the day. So was there a point in time, I mean, did you always have this skill or did you Absolutely say... Absolutely not. Did you say, <laughs> hey, I mean, was there something in your life where you're like, maybe I need to like figure this all out because... I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a, in a, to me, that's an extremely important skill that we as a society don't embrace and we, we really it, need to. Yeah, absolutely. And it came from the recognition that we all have 24 hours in the day. The, the, the person who doesn't do anything with it and the person who, who makes a million dollars a day or the person who saves a thousand lives a day or cleans, you know, uh, how many square miles of the ocean they get things done. And I, and I would say to myself, I'm not doing this the way that I should be doing this. I could be doing more. What do I need to do and how do I do it? And so I started looking into it and this is what I came up with. Okay. So, so first you started setting up your own schedule, being aware of your calendar, uh, recognize the importance of the downtime. Right. And so now you've added all these other things and you're now into, you're actually doing the mentoring for other people too. So you have a mentor and you mentor. That's Correct. interesting to me. So you're not, you're a coach and you're, you're being coached. Yes. Yeah. So, so what have you learned through um and, and my and and for the record my coach has a coach and his coach has a coach okay and 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 so on and so on right because we all learn from others in certain ways and so that's important to keep learning right right so what types of things do you kind of go through in the coaching atmosphere and how do they kind of keep you on track and things and then what do you do for your the people that are you're coaching as well or is it all kind of similar it, as far it, as how you do it yeah depending on who you know what I'm going through or what I'm what I'm looking to accomplish that that will determine what my conversations like with with my coach or my mentor uh, and the same applies for the people that I'm working with so it depends on you know if they're opening a new business or if they're going through something at home or if they're struggling emotionally with something um, that's kind of holding them back. But there are a lot of common themes that we see that are that are things that affect us um, either based on the way that we live in our society or the way that we're taught or learn um, that that quite frankly slow us down or or don't allow us to achieve our potential. And that's the goal here, at least for me and the people that I work with and that I want to be around. I, I mean, you know, I don't I don't want to be around people that aren't trying to uh, do the best that they can in life, whatever it is. And I'm not saying that you have to set the world on fire. Uh, it just you know, I was recently going up to a meeting and I stopped on the turnpike and uh, got gas and the guy cleaned my windshield and he cleaned my windshield in such a way, like literally stopped me in my tracks and took my breath away. I said, man, this is a guy who really takes a tremendous amount of pride in what he does. And I was blown away by it. And, um, you know, I, I, I thanked him. I gave him a really nice tip. But those are the kinds of people that are doing, like, things that the way, the way that they should and the way that you need to, and those are the kinds of people that I want to be around. So, you know, we start looking at what are you doing and how are you doing it. And the common things that we see in people are people most of the time are, you know, restricted because of fear, Various types of fear that that either stop them from doing what they want to do or maybe they should be doing. Um, a lot of it deals with ego. We don't realize how much of an effect ego has in our society, on ourselves, and on each other, and um, things like that. Well, that's fantastic, Mike. Uh, we're going to definitely get into that when we come back from the break in just a few minutes. We're listening to Master Your Finance. It's all about how you manage your money. Now let's get back to learning how from Kurt Baker of Certified Wealth Management and Investment with Master Your Finances. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finance. I'm Kurt Baker here with Mike Mamola. And uh, we're uh, talking about, like, uh, before the break, the uh, coaching process. And Mike has a, 
a coach that he's had for a while, and he also does coaching. And so um, I just love to talk a little bit more about. You were talking about some of the barriers people have when they get involved in coaching. You're talking about you know fear and ego and all these other things. Um, so how does how does the actual process work, right? Because you hear really two reactions when somebody think, hears about a coach, right? Like, oh, that's a great idea. Or what do you need a coach for? You're successful. Why do you want to just sit there and talk to somebody? It's kind of like getting a psychiatrist. Like, what do you need a psychiatrist for? Right? What do you need a psychiatrist for? You're fine, right? Um, so can you kind of relate how all that like fits together and why it works? Um, yeah, uh, you know, it works because you're getting an outside perspective. If you're getting someone who is not in the situation with you. They're not in the trenches. They actually have kind of the helicopter view looking down saying, "This, do you realize this is what you're doing? Do you realize that you've been making the same mistake over and over? Have you considered doing this? And these are people that you go to, like I said earlier, that have already done it. You know, we call it the dummy tax. These are people, we save the dummy tax because you don't have to make that same mistake that somebody else has already made. They're telling you how to avoid doing that. So the the process is, you know, it varies, but for me it is uh, a couple of calls a couple of times a month, so two calls per month. 15 or, or 20 minutes each and, uh, you know, it texts and emails throughout depending on what I have going on. And I'll say I have questions about this or that and tell them, you know, that I'm involved in this or, or that and uh, get some feedback, some really positive feedback, because, you know, it's like like we talked about. You said, you know, how do you find it? You have to look. But once you find somebody that kind of has gotten where you want to go and somebody that you trust and somebody that you like, um, you, you, you tend to rely on them. And my wife, my wife will, will, will laugh because she'll say, you know, I was telling you to do that for, for three months and, and so-and-so tells you to do it. And in 13 seconds, you do it. And, Sounds like and the kids, right? You yeah. Tell the kids over and over again. And they're like, oh. And it's, it's funny <laughs> because I have, you know, some of, some of the lawyers in town, you know, I, I talk to their, their kids and, and help their children with things. And, and they say the same thing, you know, <laughs> if I tell them he doesn't listen, but if it comes from you, Mike, then they listen. Yeah. So yeah, it's like that. All right, so you go through, I guess you kind of go through, so these consultations, you go through kind of the process, what's going on, it's kind of an update, this is like, that sounds like a check-in, right, I'm yep. assuming, yep. but I, 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 I've done this before in the past where they kind of got in depth, they really like learn about your business and learn about what you're doing personally, what your goals, your objectives are, and then you kind of lay that out and they kind of help you kind of structure a little bit about what you need to be doing. And then you're kind of checking in. So that's what you're kind of talking about. These like Essentially, yeah, that, that's it. And, and helping give you the tools along the way to, to make those adjustments that you want to make. Right. Because it really does go back to, like I said, you don't know what you don't know. And, and you have so many aha moments like, oh, aha. Like, right. Why didn't I think of that? Like, and it happens over and over. Because the reality is, you know, we come out of school and, and we, we think we know so much and we've learned so much, but the, the application of it to life in a way that's going to benefit you and, and help you create a lifestyle that you're happy with and where you're successful and you're able to support a family, I don't quite frankly believe that you necessarily have those skills when you come out of college or, or, or anywhere for that matter. You, It's an ongoing process and every day, you know, talking to people there, there or, or meeting with people or going to events where people are doing this is just so beneficial no i i agree so uh mike so now that you've gotten all these things going so what kind of projects have you been involved in i know you do a lot um so you you also get involved with um i know you get involved with different like celebrities you create business partnerships and things like that so how do these things kind of get created because you seem to be uh, i would call a master networker (laughs) because you seem to connect with all these different people and i think i think part of that is because we all meet a lot of people but how do you like really connect with the ones that you think 
really you want to be part of that network. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because you do meet a lot of people and you can't you hang with everybody, right? So you have to kind of decide which ones really make the most sense you, and, then, and then turn those into like business relationships, personal relationships, something like that. Yeah, you do to a certain extent, but I think there's yeah. something more powerful working in the background, really kind of the law of attraction, you know, like kinds attract and things like that. So you do, you, you meet certain kinds of people based on where you are and what you're doing and, and what they're doing. And then you can start to, yeah, figure out this is somebody that I probably want to keep close to me and, and you know, then the things happen as they will. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. I mean, in terms of exciting projects, I'm excited for for my firm. We just took over the law firm. It's in uh, Hamilton Township. We just took over the entire first floor of the building. So we've been growing and expanding. That's really exciting. You know, we're 18 years now in the community, helping people. You know, who have been hurt or who have been arrested and uh, getting divorced or any any type of problems that they might have. So that's exciting for me because we're growing there. I have a lot of exciting things that I do at night and on the weekends with with films and with athletes and all kinds of exciting things that you might see on social media. And then I have, uh, I'm involved in a, um, an organization now foundation, which uh, you're familiar with called air, the attitudes in reverse. Yes. Found very passionate about that one. Yes. Very, very <laughs> passionate. And I'm excited about the event that's coming up. So, uh, that's probably the next thing on my radar. Oh, you mean the Taste of Hope? We can talk briefly about that. You're one of our honorees. Yes. For those who don't know, I'm one of the co-founders of Attitudes in Reverse or Air. We focus on youth mental health and suicide prevention. And Mike is like an excellent partner here because you're you. very much into good mental health and managing your life in a positive way. So we appreciate it, you being on board and helping us out. My pleasure. And you know, Kurt, if I have to be completely honest, that comes from a place of struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, people see me today and, and they, they say, how are you always so happy? How are you always so positive? Because it's it's extremely difficult. I meet so many young guys and girls who say, I want to be a lawyer, for example, and they see, you know, see big houses and fancy cars and make a lot of money. It's not all like that, number one. But number two, it's extremely, extremely stressful. You are constantly surrounded by negative energy and negative events. So it's really difficult to, to remain positive and upbeat and optimistic just in that alone. And then you have all of the other pressures of daily living. So, you know, my my ability to to be like this and to do this comes from a place of hard work, quite frankly. Uh, I wasn't always like this, but I, you know, I found that, you know, I was I, I was in a place where I needed to make some hard decisions and I did. And man, life is it's just so incredible now just by making some some slight changes in, in, in the way that you perceive the world and, and the things around you. And um, that's where it all starts to happen. I really believe in this attraction and energy and, and things like that. I don't want to get too deep, but uh, that's when things start to happen. The outer world really becomes, it is a reflection of the inner world, right? The external reflects the internal. And um, that's what, you know, that's what I experience currently in, in my life. Oh, I, I agree with you. I think you just pieced together a couple of things. One, um, I, I agree with 100% because I know a lot of attorneys a lot of people that go into law and now are no longer practicing law because they find out it's not quite um, uh, the dream that they thought it was going to be. It's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of stress. So you mentioned the negative energy. And another thing you mentioned a little while back was is how you tend to like to be around people with positive energy. And I'm of the belief that if you can somehow project the positive energy that you have, 
you're going to actually attract other people with positive energy because we all want to be around somebody who's positive. But sometimes we think, well, they're not very positive and they're not very encouraging. But maybe it's you're not being as positive and as encouraging. Maybe you, you need to kind of make some yeah. self adjustments yeah. because they're going to want to be with you and you can kind of build on each other. You can build in a positive way as opposed to bringing things in a negative be the, way. Be the change that you're looking for exactly. in the world. There you go. Right? I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> be the change. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of what I just heard. It's like, it sounds like you had a lot of negative things happening. Like, hey, look. I think we really need to turn the corner here. At some point, you kind of realize that maybe this isn't the direction I want to go in here, right? Yeah, that's right. And somebody (laughs) had to step up and and, uh, say it and do it. And I said, well, why not make it me? And and so that's what I've done. And and it it came down to doing things like getting a mentor or making certain decisions about meditation. My, you know, a lot of the people in my office thought I was strange when I started doing that. And, um, you know, with my workout routine and my diet, quite frankly, I changed my diet. I think that, you know, science is starting to show us that so much of what we think and feel is based on what we consume. You know, we talk about you are what you eat. And I tell people what you eat doesn't just mean what you put in your mouth. It's what you see. It's what you hear. It's what you feel. But yes, a part of it is a big part of it. Now science is showing us it is what you eat and what you drink. And in addition to all of the other things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, uh, you changing your um, because you're you know you're very influential. So when you start changing things, do you have you noticed other people's like, hey, Mike, that seems to be working. Maybe I'm maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Everybody kind of like watches and sees if it works for you, and then once it works, so, you know, I'll get texts from from attorneys, right. friends, uh, whoever private ones that say hey can you tell me about this or what's that thing that you, you know they might laugh at you in the beginning but then right. you know they'll laugh because they don't understand it and and, and then they come back and, and say hey teach me that right because you don't know what you don't know right you don't know and that's important know. because uh, and, and i think part of this process is you're getting exposed to more positive information and more things out there that are, are helpful like just like the meditation the yoga you pointed out yeah the jujitsu the things that work for you, um, I know helped helped me a long time ago. Is I started working out again. Yeah, and I hadn't done that for a while. Tremendous. And, and you got important. to that one point where you're like, mm. and then uh, honestly, after we lost our son, I mean, one of the things that we I actually focused on was the diet side of it. And and I think it's a gradual process. I think some people think, hey, you got to just turn the switch and change everything overnight. I, I, I personally, I don't think that's the best way to do it. I think if you gradually add the positive pieces, that's right. Then you can more easily remove the negative pieces. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, you work out for twenty minutes a day, or ten minutes a day, or even five minutes a day yeah. every day, rather than for four hours on a Saturday. Yeah, that, that's, that's yeah, not going to work. You're, you're <laughs> right. going to be like, I don't want to do that again. Yeah, you're going to pull a muscle. You're not going to move. But that's a metaphor for life, right? It's A successful life is just a series of small, good choices stacked on top of each other, the right decisions piled on top of each other. So you have to just a little at a time and be patient with yourself and, and make sure you align yourself with the right people and do the right things that are right for you. Um and you start to see see things start to happen. I mean, the universe really does reward you when, when you start doing that. It's really amazing. Amazing, Mike. The Amazing Mike will be right back to listen to Master Your Finance. It's all about how you manage your money. Now let's get back to learning how from Kurt Baker of Certified Wealth Management and Investment with Master Your Finances. Welcome back to listen to Master Your Finances. Uh, I'm Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional here with Mike Mamula. And we're talking about um, really kind of the routine and how to like, you know, become more positive energy, less negative energy, and things like that. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, like, how you, like, because you, you have obviously have developed a nice routine where you can kind of start the day off yeah. right. You mentioned that before. Um, you want to give us any tips about things that you do in the morning that really kind of help you get started and get yourself in that 
positive mode, so to speak. Yeah, sure. So that's what I do. I start with positive things every day, right? So the first thing is, and, and this one, this specific part of it, I learned from my mentor, start with gratitude, just a moment and a reflection of gratitude. When you wake up in the morning, you may want to think about something bad that happened. And that's wired into our DNA. Or it's a, a default for us for survival is to think about the things that scare us and, and, and create fear. So you don't want to let that be the first thought of your day. Think of something that you're grateful for. Uh, sometimes I'll smile. There's something called the vagus nerve that is wired in us. And, and you know, they say that a, a fake smile can become a, a real smile if you, you hold it for 30 seconds. So I'll, I'll lay there in bed before I get out of bed. And I'll think about something that I'm grateful for. Sometimes I'll just smile and uh, and, I'll, and I'll just be really grateful for what your I wife's have. okay if you're just she does it no too reason. now she does it too yeah <laughs> okay, good. so but then I'll, what then I'll do is I'll um I'll meditate whether it's a uh, an informal meditation just you know five or ten minutes of breathing with my eyes closed and, and focused on my breath or if it's formal where I sit and, and I, I really focus on my mantras or whatever I'm doing for 20 minutes then I get out of bed and I go and I do something called Japanese water therapy. So I drink one ounce of water for every 10 pounds of body weight. So for me, it's 17 ounces of water. And I drink that as fast as a college student would chug a beer almost. Really? <laughs> and yeah. This is interesting. Drink the water. Um, and before I do, so there's something, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Masaru Emoto. So Dr. Emoto did some incredible studies with regard to the effect of energy in water. And basically what he did was he took two jars of water right out of the same faucet. He put one jar in one room and he said loving words to it, kind words, words of optimism and hope. And, and then he took another jar and put it in another room and he screamed at it and he yelled at it and he cursed at it. Then he took both jars and he froze those jars and he then cut them into slides and looked at them under a microscope. And the, the cells and the crystals in the jar full of love are incredibly beautiful and symmetric, and they look like snowflakes. The ones that were from the jar full of hate and cursing and, and negative energy are distracted and broken and, and very unappealing. So I, in addition to the meditation, I, I'm a strong believer in, affirma in affirmations and, and, and you know trying to figure out what I want to happen in my day. And, and I'll put that affirmation into what I, literally into the water that I'm drinking. I'll think that and I'll believe that and I'll drink it and, and I'll, and I'll just start focusing on that for a few minutes. And then I'll go do, you know, a little yoga, I'll stretch or I'll, I'll do a little workout, sometimes Tabata um, training, you know, eight minutes, four minutes of work, a physical workout. And there's one thing I won't do that you notice that I didn't mention up until then. So this whole thing will take anywhere from, I don't know, 30 minutes to 40 minutes each morning. Um, I don't pick up my mobile phone. I don't look at the television. I don't listen to the radio. I don't do any of that. So if I want my ship to go in the direction that I want it to go, then I should be the captain. And the way that I'm the captain is by being proactive. I'm the one that's programming my day that way. I'm not listening to somebody on TV telling me that, that somebody got stabbed in Philadelphia or that some car got stolen in Newark or um, you know there's other problems here and there. Right. I, we, we have time for all of that later in the day. But what that starts to do is derail you, like I said earlier. So what I want to do is I want to set the course for my day. And uh, so then later, you know, in a half hour into it, 40 minutes into the day, I pick up the phone. Then we can jump on the Internet and jump on social media and get back to all the people and do that stuff. So start the day in a positive way every day, your way. That's what I do. That's amazing. And the water experiment thing was fantastic. interesting because our bodies are mainly water. There you go. So I didn't right? get into the whole study, and that's what that he was led to. That was fascinating. So he, you know, it's Emoto, E-M-O-T-O, -O, Masaru Emoto. And 
he, he eventually what he did was he didn't even yell at the glass of water. He just thought negative emotions and he just thought positive and, and the power of thinking in the mind. And you could you see it if you listen to Joe Dispenza and Ed Milet and Dave Meltzer and all these guys that are getting into it online. Um, they explain it. It's really fascinating. Well, that's something I definitely didn't know before. Um, so I know you start off your day in a positive way, and I, have, I agree with that a lot. As you, I, I like to minimize news as much as possible. I read it more than I do, and I do it later. I think that's really, and, I, and honestly, you, you feel better about yourself. And I mean, you just you're just in a better mindset when you get going, right? Now you're ready. <laughs> that's right. So so let me just touch on real quick. Sure. Um, you asked me how I do so much of what I do. I cut out the news five and a half years ago. I don't read the newspaper. Oh, I don't watch the news at all. And so what so happens if the world ends? You won't know? The world goes on, and everything <laughs> that affects me or is likely to affect me, I learn of immediately. I mean, it's with social media, with right. texting, with emails. Right, right, right. It's amazing. There's there's so much wasted time in That's distraction, uh, you know, by thinking of the things, like I said, the stolen cars in cities and things like that, that you're just consumed with watching it, kind of like brainwashed, staring at the TV. Once you cut all of that stuff out, you become exponentially more efficient. And as we know, statistically, that news is a tiny, tiny percentage of what's going on in the world. Most of it's positive. And so we're focused on that tiny little bit of negative, which is really, really bad. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't. Yeah. So yeah. I cut out the negative things like that. Yeah. So now you're a very positive person. I know you've met a lot of people and you met you not just met them, but you actually developed very deep long term relationships with them personally as well as professionally. So can you give us some ideas about like how that process goes? Because I know, you know, a lot of famous people and people are like, well, how do you. Oh, I want to meet famous people. And they go, oh, my gosh, you know, you, hear, you watch somebody at a concert and somebody comes on stage and they go, it's like, it's like they lost their minds or something. I don't yeah. know. But uh, I've never been quite like that, never really understood that. But but you've actually been able yeah. to meet and re- develop relationships with people who are, are very famous and they know a lot of people. Right. You know, the one the one common thread there is that you, you, you realize that people, no matter what level of fame and what level of fortune and what level of wealth that they receive is that they all have is that they, they just want to feel normal. Um, and they want you to make them feel normal. And so that's it. I mean, it's about being genuine and being yourself because that's what people want, regardless of who they are, regardless of it's a, if it's a um, you know, TV, a film star, um, top-notch athlete, a Hall of Famer, or a billionaire, uh, web designers, and, and, and uh, Silicon Valley guys. Um, they just want to be you know, kind of dealt with on a human level. So that goes into what I am a huge proponent of. I, I was turned on to something called emotional intelligence years ago, and I, and I study as much of it as I can, quite frankly, because I was not the guy in high school or even in college who was academically uh, excelling. I just wasn't. And so I was afraid. I said, man, how am I going to make it? How am I going to succeed? Because I had just had to take algebra three times, literally, mm-hmm. in community college. That wasn't algebra three. That wasn't algebra three. That was <laughs> FOIL, first outer inner last, and please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. So um, I realized that where, where I excelled was with people and mm-hmm. interpersonal skills. And there was something that's called emotional intelligence. Uh, it's an incredible book by Daniel Goleman. You can read that. But there's a, there are a lot of books now. And, and they're starting to realize the importance of emotional intelligence and the ability of you to communicate and deal with people on a certain level. And to sum up all of the books and all of the studies, it's 90% of the doors that will open or close in your life depend on your ability to interact with other people. So what do you think are some of those techniques you've learned through your emotional intelligence uh, learning? I mean, what are some things that maybe tips you can give us as far as, um, you know, some basics about what are important? Yeah, yeah, to, to be genuine, mm-hmm. number one. 
to be honest with yourself and with others, um, to admit your faults, to know your faults, to recognize them in others, to be empathetic to others. We have such a, a tendency to, you know, to say, oh, this guy, this guy did this or this girl did that. Um, without understanding that maybe they have some really tough things going on in their life and giving them the benefit of the doubt um, to, to um, hold yourself accountable when, when you do certain things or don't do certain things and to be specifically less judgmental of others. I think that's really important. And, and, and that's kind of, it's, it's all of those things combined and some others that create that formula for friendship. Because that's kind of what everybody's looking for in so many right. ways. Everybody wants to make money. That's great. But I'll tell you a secret. And, and, and this applies to, I don't care what you're studying in college or what you're going to do in life. People do business with people they like. Period. That is very true. And, and if they don't like you, that ain't, it doesn't matter how good you rap, you ain't getting in the studio. It doesn't matter how much you know about <laughs> software, you're not going to Google. Like, it doesn't matter. You, you, you know, people and, and, and the converse is true. You don't have to be the best, but if people like you, they're willing to give you a shot right. and, and they will work with you and they'll get you in the door and say, this is a good person. I want to work with this person. And they'll give. And the next thing you know, you're working with some of the best people in the world. Right. Because so they want to be around that positive energy. And, and yeah. as we say, it's, the, you know, the team is more important than the, the individual. And if you're around other positive people, you, you actually lift everybody together. Right. So you help, help each other become better at whatever you're trying to do. That's right. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. So you know a lot of people and you've developed a lot of business relationships with them, and that's basically through just these techniques and knowing them and, and developing uh, relationships with them, right? Yeah. I think and it's then, all relationships in life. Harvard did a study and they say, what do most people want in life? Do they want fame, fortune, this, that, the other thing? And the study took place over a 50-year period. And at the, at the end, the, the answer was that it's what we're here for on this planet and what we desire most are meaningful relationships. And that's what we hear about when people's deathbeds, what do they talk about? You know, I wish I'd spent more time with my family, yeah. my loved ones, my friends, and you know, not... You know, I wish I got another bigger boat or something. Yeah, they never no, talk about they never talk about the material stuff near the end of life. They always talk about those personal relationships and things that why we're really here. We're building these businesses and doing all these things to be successful. But you got to do it in the way that you know develops a personal relationship too. Yeah, man, we we've uh, you know in so many ways we've been it's, it's been a rope of dope going on, and <laughs> we believe that if we have you know we have a better watch or we have a better this or a more uh, expensive this or that, we're going to be happier. I'm going to tell you that that's short lived. I've, I, I have it, I've had it. Right. And, and I know people that have, and I could tell you there is absolutely no, um, increase in, in substantive happiness or fulfillment right. and success in, in, a, in the true meaning of the word success of life based on that. I know so many people that have so much less that are a lot more successful and a lot happier. And it really comes from just, you know, doing what you need to do for yourself to find yourself and, and find that whatever that desire is you have and that passion in life. And then start aligning yourself with others who, who are doing that and, and build it from there. Well, Mike, it's been fantastic. We appreciate you coming on today. And it's amazing advice. Uh, you've been listening to Master Your Finances and you can listen to this podcast and subscribe at MasterYourFinances.us. And remember, together we can master your finances so you can enjoy financial peace of mind. 
It's hard to keep up with the fast-paced financial world, but because of Master Your Finances, you have a head start. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, our certified financial planner professional, only on 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7thebronc.com. Tune in next week, Sunday at 9 a.m. to get a boost on your financial planning. But if you missed a week, you can check out past episodes. Just go to masteryourfinances.us to check out past episodes and more. Master Your Finances is underwritten by Certified Wealth Management and Investment LLC. Money doesn't grow on trees, but it can grow your portfolio. Thanks to Kurt Baker and Master Your Finances. On Sundays at 9 a.m. Exclusively on 1077 The Bronx and 1077 The Bronx.com.